I've been waiting 25 years for this week, and it feels great. It is a cloud nine situation as we come to you here on the Maze and Blue Review on this Wednesday. Thanks for joining us. The National Championship Week, the the countdown. Yeah, I got to admit, a, a little bit jumpy, a little bit jumpy after everything that went down on Monday. You know, I searched for the words, and 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 for me. I'm. St- I think I'm st- little, still a little stunned. Even though Michigan was the favorite in the game, I picked Michigan to win the game. I thought Michigan was going to win. You know, for all the reasons we saw. Uh, this is what I. Th- for them to go out there and and play like they did, and for it to happen, and for us to be in the moment. You know, we sit around. Most of you. I mean, if you're watching this, you're a diehard Michigan fan. And so you do, you know, what I do. It, it doesn't matter what time of year it is or what time of day it is. You know, you're thinking about Michigan. You're thinking about Michigan football and uh, the upcoming season. You know, you're counting down the days and you get into the season and then you play. And then, you know, you, you dream. Uh, you know, you, you dream of this week and then your, your dream has come true. And you're sitting there and now you just have one more to go on monday night and you can taste it you can feel it you know you can see it you can't get enough of it you can never get enough of it and then here you are uh with it happening i like you know you just gotta freeze this moment in time and you know put your arm around the uh, your arms around the ones you love and just say let's go let's do it let's uh let's get it on and then you know, I, I think back to, to 25 years ago and, you know, Michigan playing in the Rose Bowl and, and winning that national championship. And uh, I, I knew, but, you know, there were there were people that were older to me saying, hey, you know, you got to enjoy this moment. Just however you feel about Michigan, however you feel about your favorite team, when you, you get this, this doesn't, you know, people say, oh, it doesn't happen all the time. So you relish it, you cherish it, you embrace it. And then, you know, as the years ticked by from 97, 97 became bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, you get the picture of Charles Woodson, you know, with that rose in his mouth and everybody talking about 97. Oh, 97. I mean, you're, you're canonized for life. You know, they, you hear a lot of times, oh, that guy, they have to buy a drink in Ann Arbor. That's right. You know, if you were a part of the 97 team, then, you know, you, you the, of all of the different things, you know, if, if everybody loves all Michigan football players and, and all of that, almost all of them, I guess. I guess there's probably a few, you know, you can think of that you don't like. But but the the championship teams, you know, you, you separate things somehow. And the national championship separates you. And they got the uh, the ultimate separator coming up on Monday. And, you know, I'm just full of it. Full of it. Can't be uh, any more full this cloud nine situation. I think it's the pun intended when it comes down to it uh, with McCarthy and uh, the rest of the offense and the Michigan defense. And they needed everything uh, in this game to go through. And as always, I'll uh, read some of your feedback to see where you're at. I'm just, uh, I'm just spitting it out here today, seeing how you feel, telling you how I feel about Michigan. Look back at the Rose Bowl, and we'll talk about the national championship game, which is going to be played on Monday. What else would we be talking about? I mean, that's that's it. That's where I'm at. I mean, yeah, there are other things to talk about. I'm sure some people will bring them up. I'll answer them. I'll give you a, a thought, an opinion on anything that yeah you have out there. I don't think anything's going to stop them now. I, I I feel like they're going to beat Washington. Yeah, sure. You know, Washington, you don't get to a national championship game and people on the other side, you know, thinking about, oh, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime deal over there too. Sure, once-in-a-lifetime deal for them. And, the, you know, I, uh, I picked Washington in that semifinal. You know, whatever, you, you pat yourself on the back. Uh, you know, Washington was a little bit of a – of an underdog, but I've been watching. Uh, if there was a team that I watched more than any other team besides Michigan this year, it ended up being Washington. And 
you know, Michael Penix really can deal, and he's got that one, that two. Now he's got three outstanding wide receivers. But I think Michigan, you know, with the the secondary, the overall defense that they have, but really, the 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 players in the secondary it start with Will Johnson, and you know, all year long in the off season, we talked about well, I was you know cornerback too, and you know, Josh Wallace played his best game in the maize and blue this past Monday against Alabama. I mean, he was fabulous. And, and a, a guy who didn't start out the season, I think the way that he wanted, because he was hurt and, and Rod Moore, and then he came in, but you know, Rod Moore's playing his best football. Makari page, you know, you go back. I have not, I want to, I, I feel like, uh, I feel I just want to savor it. You know, the, the Rose bowl to watch, to watch it again. I, a lot of it, I just want, to have in my mind without going back, because then I'll be able to say, oh, yeah, yeah, this and that. I'll be able to pull every little thing when you go back and watch it and, you know, uh, think about it all there. I, I just want to re respond to where my memory is at with it without having to go back. But I'm looking forward to rewatching the game just to see it. But, you know, Michigan's uh, Michigan secondary, and as I think seven, in my mind was flashing across the screen a lot. Looked like he was making a lot of plays, Perry Page. So, you know, all of those guys, and oh yeah. Yeah, you know, Zero's always been there. I mean, he's one of the great Michigan players of all time. You're going to hear a lot of that this week for everybody. Well, this guy is one of the great. That's what it takes. That's what it is. I mean, this is a a band of, of Wolverines that are all going to, you know, uh, live forever. And the, uh, the hearts and minds of uh, the loyal followers of the Maize and Blue. I mean, that's just where it's at right now. But, man, that back line, and you start talking about the linebackers, you know, I've, I've got go right to Junior Colson. I mean, that guy, that guy, uh, of 25, has, um, you know, risen up the charts and just the way that he's been playing and just how he looks out there. And What else can you say, you know? You just pick. Just go ahead and throw a dart at the at the Michigan two deep, and then you just start talking. That the uh, the final play where Milrow stopped. You know, if you can say Michigan's offensive line, you whatever else, but you can make a case that Michigan over these three years edge you, and to have on the final play. Josiah Stewart, the transfer from Coastal Carolina, who, who just fired in down the line, looking forward to – I have watched that play a few times. It's jumped up. You know, how could you not? If you're on social media, you've seen it a few times. Well, you see five crashing down, and I don't know. You had this, like, gigantic um, – you know, the the Alabama offensive line, you know, you looked at the weights, and then, you know, you – my wife, a minute into the game, she's like, those guys are gigantic. And I'm like, well, you know, it's Alabama. Don't get, you know, carried away. Michigan's. And then, you know, during the game, Herb Street's like, this is bigger than most NFL lines. You know, they got guys 350 plus. And she was like, yeah, what were you saying about the lines? I'm like, okay, yeah, they're right. They are giants. But I don't know. Stewart, like, smashed a guy 100 pounds uh, bigger than him, crashed down. And then on the other side, Derek Moore. You know, if you ask me, you know, are those the two guys that you would have picked that would be in there on the final play? To, and I don't know. No, I wouldn't have been. But, you know, there they were. And I know it took all 11 guys out there, but but eight and five seems like they're the ones that were the most important uh, on that last single play. So I don't know, man, the, uh, the final, final play that, you know, Michigan just snuffed. I don't want any, uh, you know, Milrow getting right to the goal line and reaching out and somebody, you know, stuff it, extinguishing it after all the different timeouts and all the different plays that were in there to, to, to end it like they did in that fashion. That was a goal line or overtime, four down stand, the one that they needed after the first overtime. The the great Wolverine. I feel like there should be a. Uh, can I commission a statue of of Blake Corum and just have uh, a a statue for Blake Corum somewhere? A, a plaque. I mean, I it, it's there already for me. It was there before this game, but you know, you say, "Well, are you going to give Blake Corum a statue?" You watch that overtime. 
And even during this game, we've been talking about it all off season. I, I kept saying, well, I, you know, I got to see Corum. I, I hear him say he's hundred percent or as close as can be and every, you know, news conference. He's like, Hey, do you feel like you're hundred percent? He's like, ah, I'm so real close. And then, you know, one game is like, well, you know, I'm feeling, I think it was Bowling Green game. He's like, you know, I'm feeling a little bit uh, where he had the three touchdowns. I'm feeling like, you know, maybe I'm hundred percent. And then, there, I don't know if there are whispers. There are feedback. People are like, I don't know if Blake Corum, he's great, great short yards distance, but he doesn't have that burst and everything. He had the burst. That looked like the vintage Corum from 2022 that would have won the Heisman Trophy if he didn't get hurt against Illinois right there before the half. That's the way he played. That's the way he looked. And, you know, that the overtime, the, the two runs, like – it's good that our brains it's are they're able to let things go. But if they weren't able to let things go and they could just replay a minute just over and over again for the rest of my life, I, I would take the the overtime with Corum running the ball twice and, and getting into the end zone. And then he had that scout that I've, I'd never seen, but you know he he knew it. He knew it. The, what do you call it? A smirk scowl that he had when he got into the end zone. Perfect. His last time, uh, his last carry. And then, you know, the defense would do what the, they would do. But for him, you know, to get into the end zone like that, let's go. What else, man? That, uh, that was something, the overtime. And, you know, you, you wanted it to get to overtime at some point in the fourth quarter because, you know, the, the Michigan's trailing for the first time all year. And, you know, I have to admit, you know, things overall, if you asked me during that fourth quarter, I would say that things didn't look good for Michigan because, you know why? It didn't look good. But I had to remind myself, I kept looking at the score that. It was a one-score game. You know, Michigan was leading, as you know, 13-10. to 10. But even after Alabama, you know, scored two plays into the fourth quarter, and it was 17-13, I thought that when Michigan got that fumble, they got that fumble from Milrow, and I thought that was their chance, their real chance. You know, they – they uh, Quinton Johnson stripped it and Josh Wallace recovered it. And I thought this is Michigan. This is how Michigan's going to win. This is their, I don't know, what do you call those golden opportunity? It was a golden opportunity for them. And they went down and they missed a 49 yard field goal. And you're thinking, wow, special teams may end up costing Michigan this Rose bowl from the muff punt in the, uh, in the first quarter, right off the bat. That you're you're that you see Samaj Morgan and wow, uh, that muff punt to the then extra point in the first half after the uh, the great touchdown to Tyler Morris, you know the the to have the the snap and so there's there's that and then there's this miss field miss field goal from old reliable James Turner who had made thirteen in a row and you know you had to feel like at least you had to doubt it a little bit and then you know. You come back and the tide, they're able to smash a 52 yard field goal. So, you know, that, believe me, I, I was just thinking, like, even though it was one score, I just kept thinking, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like, I mean, all of this, are we just, you know, Michigan just going to come down here with, um, you know, under five minutes to play and they're just going to have this final drive. They're just going to go on a, a drive that, will be remembered forever and stick this one in the end zone and win the, and, and tie this game up. Yes, that is what they did. They did do that in the in one of the great drives, not the greatest drive in uh, in Michigan history. They got to go for it. They were they at on their own 35. You know, game's over if they don't uh if they don't make it there. That's the play call. That's the play call and the play. You know when you see them make plays like that, you're like, "Where's this been?" Corum like leaking out there on the flat, and then he is so wide open. You could have picked up that first down. Now you would have gone running, you know, past the fifty, and you know, uh, I guess the uh, all the way down to the thirty-five because there's a fifteen-yard penalty for 
block in the back, or is it spot foul? Whatever it was, right at the fifty. And you could have you could have made that one, but what a glorious play call to dial that one up from your own thirty-five and a fourth and two to uh, to get it there. And then people said JJ's got to run, and JJ runs, and you know he runs, and then he gets hit out of bounds. Should have been a fifteen-yarder, and then old uh, my guy. You know, you all have. We I asked you in the summer, like, who's your guy? And I kept saying, you know, Roland Wilson, I think he's not getting the attention. But, you know, he ended up getting the attention and all the attention. But he had that block in the back that kind of let the air out. It was like, oh, fourth and two, this is great. Michigan's going to do, ooh. You know, oh, Roman. You know, it was such a, you know, blatant block in the back. But what does he do on the same drive? You know, like your teammates in sports? It's great when they can pick you up. But then Wilson comes back on the same drive, what, two, three plays later, and comes up with that one where he climbs the ladder and, uh, you know, looks like, uh, what a picture. He looked like uh, Charles. I saw somebody do a side-by-side of, of Woodson picking that one off in the end zone against Washington State back in the 98 Rose Bowl. And then Wilson going up and extending and being able to catch that ball. And then, you know, a couple plays later, he goes in. He walked in for the would-be tying score after the extra point. And the extra point, woo! You know, Bama, the the Tom Brady, Sean Alexander, overtime game, ironically, where Bama missed the extra point. You know, I'm thinking, oh, no, don't don't let that happen. And then it didn't. And then overtime. So... Um, uh, that's how I feel about how the Rose Bowl went down. I'm going to take some, um, some feedback here. Always great to get the, the feedback from the, uh, the people. Matt's talking about some things to clean up in order to win, but I believe we will do it. I do too. Richard, uh, happy national championship journey. Richard, who has been talking about 15 and 0 since the summer, and here he is. The uh, Richard S uh, is the S for Craig. Uh, what's his name? Kresgen, the great soothsayer. Kresgen, Richard. Happy New Year to you, Mr. Martini. Let's go. Mark is talking about the first series on D in the last four plus overtime. They look like the Baltimore Ravens in between looked a lot like um, the 21 Michigan, Michigan state game demons expelled. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a uh, master class and you going out there and smashing a team. It was a, a semifinal where you had to go out there and you had to fight and all of the things that they had to do. So that's it. Richard had to console his uh, his family members. Everybody giving some um, happy New Year's out there. Mark talking about JJ seemed uh, a bit off. Can't see Washington giving up 400 yards and Michigan averaging 380, keeping Michigan under 40. Yeah, you know, Mark, if if we're looking back for a second, is um, you know that was a terrible start. <laughs> you know what else can you say? Uh, the uh, the near interception just to get a little reprieve there with the guy's foot on the line to the muff punt, and then to see. Uh, Jace McClellan go in for that 34-yard time. I mean, four plays, 44 yards. I mean, it is lightning strike, all three phases of the game. That's a nightmare. But, you know, Michigan recovered. They did a nice bounce-back job. They had to pick up a fourth and one. They got Khalil Mullings involved. Corum was there ultimately scoring. And, you know, that settled it down a little bit. Woo! That's the thing about these games. You know, the these players – they have to have their heads screwed on. They can't be anywhere close to. And and look, I'm one of the more, and I'll say this because I've dealt with a lot of Michigan fans, watched games just like you with a lot of people. People can't handle it. And I was having a hard time handling those those the, the first three, the, the near interception, the, the muff punt, and then the, 
the 34-yard touchdown run. That looked like nothing. That looked didn't look anything like the Michigan team that I had watched all year long. So, yeah, to feel like, uh, you know, the here we go again, semifinal jinx, Michigan can't win, all oh, that bowl game, Alabama, you know, Nick Saban, all of it. You know, luckily those players don't think like that and all of uh, – all of that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It just gets uh, – you, you, those guys. And, and, you know, McCarthy had to do the same thing. You get into where, you know, you, you have all those three and outs in the second half. And like just I mentioned, Roman Wilson has the block in the back. The air goes out of the balloon. But, they, you know, they're able to hang in there. And so to be able to do that, you know, um, you know, Toby's not comfortable. I, you know, it's – look at how about it? You know, it's hard to uh, for some people to um, you know to feel comfortable. You know, I can't tell anybody. What am I supposed to tell you? Hey, uh, relax. You know, <laughs> go ahead. You know, you feel. You know, don't worry about it. That kind of stuff. In those things, uh, count 22 using the word galvanized. That sounds like, you know, they're playing at the Texans NRG stadium holds over 70,000. That seems like, uh, I guess maybe because Galveston is galvanized. This team does seem galvanized. Matt is talking about the defense and offensive play calling being phenomenal. I think the guys were nervous or something. Special teams made way too many mistakes. He doesn't know if it was the layoff or what. We got a week to clean everything up and look out because Michigan is awesome. You know, sure, you know, you talk about cleaning things up, learning from your mistakes. Mistakes happen. Remember, like, that's like you can't do this, you can't do that. Sure, you, you can't muff a punt. And you can't muff two and one back at the one-inch line. Whoa! No, you can't do those things. but. You know, that's the thing. Like, you can almost throw an interception. You can muff a punt. You can uh, have the other team go through you like um, a hot knife through butter like Alabama did. And then you can look like you have, like, it's over in the first quarter if it was ever. But, you know, you respond to all of that. And you can miss a field goal and have them make one. And you can be down in the fourth quarter for the first time all year. And you can, though, still, on a final drive, go out there from your own end, have to uh, convert a fourth down. And you can have a block in the back and still come back and make one of the greatest catches all time in Michigan history. And then you can go to overtime. And you could still almost lose the game in, in the most horrific fashion ever by muffing a punt. And, you know, getting tackled in the end zone. You can do all those things. So I don't know, you know, cleaning those things up, being able to make a mistake, but then being able to come back. You're, be resilient. That's what's going on. I don't know the answer to this. Did the punter's timing look off? Like, Tommy Doman has been great all year long. Great. So... None of his punts look great. So the first thing that I'm thinking, like, all right, well, it's the atmosphere, the temperature. There really, really wasn't anything there. So then I'm thinking um, it, maybe injury. Maybe he got a little bit nicked up. That could be something. I don't know. I mean, how else are you going to explain that? Big game jitters, hopefully not, or that he's got it out of his system. I mean, he had, he had uh, punted in a lot of big games down the stretch. So lights in your eyes, I don't know. But it was it was a repeated pattern, which makes me think that maybe he was a little bit banged up. But that's a guess on my part. I'm not asking anybody on the team or anything else. Count 22 is full of one-word uh, descriptions today. An anomaly. What was an anomaly? The punning? He's probably answering questions to somebody else. Though, Shadyville. This was one of the biggest wins the program has had since the 98 Rose Bowl. Yes. Agreed. I agree with that, Shadyville. He honestly didn't think that Michigan could beat Alabama, so he was surprised and happy. It was the best Christmas gift this year. 
Yes, it was a great Christmas gift. The punters should ask him about Tommy Doman. After they converted the fourth and two, it felt like Michigan was going to win that game. Ooh. Yeah, well, it, it, things look good. <laughs> After the four, things felt better. I don't know, man. Uh, when did I feel like they were going to win the game? Because I thought they were going to win the game, but not in that manner. First run in overtime felt pretty. I don't know. I don't know. There was no, uh, at, at any point, feeling comfortable about them winning. From the very first play, like if I was, and for those listening on the podcast, I'm sorry, but I'm going to use my hands as a as an aid here, and I'm putting it up by the top of my head about being full of confidence for Michigan to win the game. I felt like they were going to win the game. I wasn't like, you know, the uh, guarantee, you know, of course they could have lost it. But after the first play, my confidence went way down. And then the muff punt, now nobody can see where my hand is because it's down like they do in basketball when they say, hey, you know, I just posted up somebody that's too little for me. And they have like six six inches off the ground. And then when McClellan went in to make it seven, nothing, four yards, four plays, 44 yards. Now my confidence is like, you know, almost to the ground. Now it, it was, it settled back with Michigan being able to respond. It was a nice bounce back. I mean, Michigan's third offensive play in the first quarter after Alabama making it seven nothing, and everybody's confidence, at least mine, being down to the ground. Nice comeback. It still wasn't right back. Okay, everything's fine. Because a lot of the times in this game when Michigan did something really nice, they also did something to kind of feel like, ooh, maybe it's not going to be their day. Michigan's second series in the uh, in the second quarter. Tyler Morris, 38-yard touchdown. Wonderful. Confidence. Woo! Missed extra point. Makes your confidence go back down. You're going to need that probably. And, oh, yeah, how many people you're watching the game with started, you know, oh, yeah, it was, <laughs> you know, the punting and then the missed field goal. Everybody was talking about the kicking game. But then you're like, hey, boy, it really, really would have been nice to have that extra point. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of felt like that was going to lose the game for him, not having that, that little silly, you know, extra point that most of us could kick. Here we are again talking about we could have caught the Blake Corum fourth and two. Uh, most of us can make a little simple, although we've seen other NFL guys try to kick them and then not be able to do it. I don't suggest that they just have, open, you know, but to miss an extra point, they feel like those are like 99.9% chances of being able to, to get it done. Account 22 is talking about that SEC speed, you know, in the third quarter into the fourth quarter with all the three and outs and everything and, and JJ misfiring a little bit or the wide receivers being a little bit behind him, not being on the same page, just being off a little bit. Sure. He had made some plays, but I kind of felt like that SEC, I don't know if it's SEC speed. You're saying it as a joke because that's been a long running joke. Like, Oh, how's Michigan going to play with the SEC speed? It felt like to me that, that, Whatever, if it was speed or talent, had Michigan off a little bit. Obviously, they were able to adjust. And if there was a big adjustment, you know, they how much uh, you put into the experts that are on the game and talking about it and everything. And, and I forget which, you know, you, at halftime or whoever said it, but they're like, Saban will come out. I mean, that's coaching. You know, Saban's going to come out. He'll adjust. But I kept thinking about that. Oh, yeah, he probably is. He's doing something. He's adjusting. Well, they, they got Milrow, started running him on the outside, running those quick little passes forward. And it did feel like, you know, hey, Nick Saban, you know, coaching, really big part of the game. Saban, really good at being able to, to figure some of those things out. And, yeah, yeah, Saban looked like uh, he was uh, then out coaching Michigan in that, that third quarter and into the fourth. Then when you had the back and forth with the field goals, I don't know how much coaching that is, but, you know, if Alabama wins the game, it's like Jim Harbaugh can't win a semifinal, sucks in bowl games, and, and Saban, the master, you know, adjusted in the second half. I mean, that narrative was there already. Those uh, sports writers up there had that one all fired up, ready to hit said. Saban does it again. But now it looked like, you know, the master was Harbaugh 
making some of those adjustments. Did he make the adjustments? Because Michigan, after it was pointed out after the fourth and two, they caught fire and then made every play, you know, and what did Harbaugh do? I don't know if it was one single coaching decision late in that game or the coordinators. I mean, overall, those guys did great. Obviously, they win. I just think it's Harbaugh constant coaching of those players like, hey, we're going to be in these situations and you, you, you get down, you just got to go back up there, next snap, next play, make the plays. We've got the talent and, and they did it. That's how they played. That's how they looked. So great job by uh, Jim Harbaugh to be able to do that. <laughs> Woodson takes that first punt 15 to 20 yards minimum. Well, Mark, you're talking about one of the greatest football players ever. High school, college, or pro. You want to start making that short list? I'll make the short list. Uh, I never watched um, Jim Brown play. But apparently, you know, Jim Brown, from his, uh, the way that he played uh, at, at Syracuse and it, just lacrosse. I mean, you want to go back to Jim Thorpe. I don't know. These guys, I didn't see any of them. Bronco Nagurski. I didn't see these guys play. But players that I have watched play, I've got a short list, and Charles Woodson is on it. It's the greatest football players that I've ever seen play. LT. Charles Woodson. Reggie White. Tom Brady. Brady would be number one on that list for uh, putting everything together. Charles Woodson is in my top five greatest football players of all time. So, yeah, one of the greatest football players of all time probably would have made that play. You know, I'm in there with you. Okay, this programming note, if you're looking for those um, Michigan specifics of what's going on, uh, update with the Maze and Blue Review, 15 minutes before I, I do this show, I'll put together a little sports update moving forward here in the new year, trying some new things. I tried that first one today. So we'll have that news for you 15 minutes before. Little uh, little appetizer before this show starts out. How about that? Okay, the D-line is the best in the country by a mile. It checks out. Shout-out to the O-line. J.J. was kept mostly clean all night. There's a little shout-out. Secondary ain't too shabby. Uh, here's a specific shout-out to Trent A. Jones. I mean, this is going to sound a little bit like a broken record, but I love Trent A. Jones. I thought Trent A. Jones, the, uh, the athleticism, I remember when they, they took his name off and they were putting him in and you're like, who's this big? Oh, it's Jones. And then they would have this jersey back and then they had him in some Buffalo. And then, But heading into this year, I thought, and, and he started last year and then he got hurt. And then Barnhart came in. But it was funny. I would, I would rewatch a game and I'd just be sitting down there. And then sure enough, I'd look and say, who's that big guy? Like 20 yards down the field. It was Trent A. Jones. Trent A. Jones is like a, you know, a super athlete. I remember asking John Jansen, I'm like, man, uh, I'm looking up Trent A. Jones. He's like, oh, he's all academic, uh, all Big Ten, maybe all American. I don't know, one of those two, but he's a real smart dude. So I'm like, hey, he's a real smart dude. And is like, hey, a little different between football smarts and, uh, you know, book smarts. So I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe he just – but he put it all together. So, yeah, shouting out Trent A. Jones is the way to do it. You're right, man. Michigan, the way they um, took some of these guys out. Just uh just a great just a great job. Refs missed some terrible call, roughing calls on JJ. Hmm. I think in like the double pass. I didn't think I thought that was called correctly. You know, the the worst, you know, counts when you look at you know all Michigan fans, so you don't want to hear this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. So that Michigan got a break on the roughing call. I don't know, to the T, the guy up in the booth is like, that's roughing. But I think they had a makeup call on the the Bredesen on Sportsman, like where he drove the guy that, that drove Scarcelli crazy in the post game. I think that was a, a total makeup call. 
but there weren't a lot where I was thinking like, oh, that's egregious or, you know, that's a call. There weren't that many penalties. I'll say it. The refs did a good job of that one. I don't think they were terrible or missed any terrible calls. There were a couple. There was one that I thought Michigan got away. It was, it was you know, we saw it and I saw it on the camera angle. It looked like a, looked like a hole. I thought, oh, that one's coming back and it went down the field. So. I don't know. Again, you know, when you're a Michigan fan, you don't want to hear about, oh, you know, it was called pretty evenly and Michigan got away with some, you know, something like that. But hey, uh, I, I, I let, I just let it go, man. Let it go. That's what you thought. That's what you thought. And here's the great OT. He was wondering if it had something to do with the snapper. You know, when I do go back, and watch the film before, I have to do it before Friday. So I'm going to watch the game. I will look, OT, it's a good one to see if these, now the, the snap around the field goals, there are definitely issues. And I think you should give that holder maybe a little bit of a gold star. But uh, the snaps on the punt, I'll have to check. Yeah, I am a New Year's resolution. I'm not answering anything on my phone that says potential spam. I've answered it. I've said this before, but I said it real quick. I answer and then nobody's there. What are they doing? Ooh, I'm way behind on the feedback. Jason says that Corum scoring the touchdown in overtime. I was calling it a scowl smirk in the, the 2024 definition of what Blake Corum did was mean mugging. There it is, Jason. You are correct. I stand corrected on it. That is exactly what it was. It was a mean mug by Blake Corum. One of the, it was the meanest of all mugs that I've ever seen. Great job, Jason. Great job on that. Account 22 clarifying his anomaly. He said the special teams and he's talking about cleaning things up too. Richard felt good when they got to overtime. We got some new ones in here. Let's see. Christopher Joel Klatt likes Michigan in the game compares Washington to 21 OSU similar to what has been mentioned in the chat. Well, good to see Joel Klatt get one right once in a while. Joel Klatt didn't like Michigan in the Rose Bowl. So, yeah, hey, look. If you're going to look at Washington and you have watched them this year, you know that the Southpaw can spin it with the best of them. Michael Penix is, I remember the first time I saw him at Indiana, I said, that guy's got an NFL arm. That guy's going to be in the league. He got hurt. And during the Texas game, not during the Texas game, but he ran for like 13 yards. I was like, oh, I didn't know that he had that in him. And they're like, that's his longest run of the year. He doesn't run that often, and he has not run since his injury. I didn't say it. I'm thinking it must have been a knee, something like that, lower body. So, no, he doesn't run a whole lot. But you just give him an inch, and he can throw it a mile. And he's got three NFL wide receivers. And, oh, yeah, in 2021, with uh, Smith Najigba and Alave and Wilson. I mean, <laughs> Garrett Wilson. Yeah. And then uh, Penix and Stroud. So, yeah, I can see where I can see what you're saying about the, uh, the 21 Ohio State game. I see what Joel Klatt's saying. Yeah. That checks out to me as well. Mark felt confident when the stadium announcer said the game is over. Michigan 27-20. Yep, Mark, you got it. You're right. Gerald doesn't want to see the natty. It's Michigan falling behind early and playing catch-up. History has shown this is not a good script for Michigan in the past. Yeah, I don't want to see Michigan fall behind either. I would like to, as much, you know, as exciting as the Alabama game was and everything is a game that'll live forever. We talk about it. I can sit around talking about it and probably will. And no, I will forever. 
Yeah. I don't want to see Michigan fall behind Washington. I think Michigan should bludgeon them with their ground game. You know, Michigan is going to do, I know a lot of people want to like, you'll know, tune into a lot of people and you know, the former coaches and, you know, I'll bring out the former players and stuff, but everybody's going to have their own little game plan. We know what Michigan can do and we know what Washington can do. Michigan is really multiple. They run a lot of different things out of a lot of different formations, but they want to run Blake Corum and they want to get their receivers from Roman Wilson to Kojo to their two tight ends. They want to get them involved. They've got Donovan Edwards. They've got um, an orgy package that they'll put out there. And, you know, that's it. That's what they're going to do. They're going to, they're going to use all of those. And they unloaded all of those against Alabama. Some more effective than others, but that's what they're going to try to do. And defensively, this is the number one defense in the country. And they saw a passing attack like um, that Penix has. You know, Maryland did a really good job slinging it around there. Uh, Sandra still ended up having the two interceptions. That was uh, win number 1,000 for Michigan. But so, you know, they, but they, they have not seen these, t- you know, type of uh, NFL wide receivers with a guy that can spin it since, you know, they saw all the greats against OSU a couple of years ago. But, you know, I like, uh, I'll, I'll just move on here for a second from where I started this, I really like Michigan's secondary and I really like their pass rush. So I like what Michigan can do. And, you know, Washington can score and and I think that they will score. They're not going to, you know, a doomsday. Everybody talks about Maserati Marv and everything. And he's going to be, I think it was Joel Klatt himself. How many times did Joel Klatt this year say, you know, Gus, I think this guy's going to be the greatest wide receiver ever. The greatest wide receiver ever. He was calling that. He might have been saying that for two years. And 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 Maserati Marv looks like he's a you know great talent, you know, and he played great and he's awesome and everything else. But Adunze looks like he's better than Maserati Marv. Polk and McMillan, is that the other guy's name that was hurt? Okay, that guy looks great too. They got three great wide receivers, and Adunze is better than Maserati Marv, from what I've seen. So those guys are gonna make some plays. It's up to Michigan to score a lot more than uh, Washington. And Washington, defensively, they don't have the great numbers. Michigan should be able to run on them and throw. Michigan should, they when I say could, I, they should be able to get to 30. They could get to 40. And I think that's what it's going to take. I think it's going to take 30 points to win this game. Maybe more. But Michigan is capable. And, you know, keeping it away with the ground game that they have. Somebody mentioned, you know, uh, you know, not letting Washington get up. In this game, Michigan can go out, and if they get a, a double-digit lead, I could see them, you know, not sitting on the lead, but I could see them having some long, sustained drives and trying to uh, suck the life out of the Washington offense by – going on some 15-play, 10-minute drives with a double-digit lead to win a national championship. I'll harken back to where this all started. And that was back on September the 11th of 2021. Michigan was bringing in Washington for a night game at the Big House. Now, everybody thought Michigan was going to win the game because Washington the week before had lost to Montana. So everybody thought Michigan was going to win, but it was 10, nothing at the half of that game. And Michigan had done something that, you know, 10, nothing that a lot of fans were like, they should be up 30 to nothing. They should be throwing the football. And even my, I say, even myself at the half, I can recall a conversation with my friend. He's like, are they going to come out and throw the ball here? I'm like, yeah, they have to. You know, they got to come out because, you know, they're dominating the game and it's 10 nothing. But that's not what they did. Jim Harbaugh came back and he ran it more. And he took the first drive and ran down and then he scored. And then it was a little bit like the Penn State game. Now, they might have thrown a pass or two, unlike the Penn State. You know, I, they did throw the one, but it was a penalty. They ran it for 50 
six times against Washington in that game for 343 yards. It was a ground and pound type situation. It set the tone. It set the identity. It set everything for this current Michigan run back to this Washington game back on September 11, 2021, because Michigan continued to ground and pound their opponents all the way to the Big Ten championship game. Ultimately, they couldn't do it against Georgia. And then last year, they went to the ground and pound again, 2.0. Now, this year it was more passing, which is nice. They played to the strengths. But I could see a situation where they want to get back to a ground and pound. When you get an air attack like those uh, the, the Huskies have, you don't want to give them too many opportunities over there. So get a lead. It's not sitting on it. It's grinding them down to win a national championship. That's how I see it. Calvin wants to get rid of the conference championship games, get a two-week layoff, and then play ball. Well, Calvin, that sounds nice, but, you know, the conference championship games, I don't know if you realize, just, it's just like in the Rose Bowl, like, here's a kick, we'll be right back after this word from uh, uh, what's-her-name up on the plane talking about $24 for water. The conference championship games make too much money. They're not getting rid of those. But with the 12-team playoff, they are starting it up faster. There is not going to be this month-long layoff. I like that. And there were a lot of people, and they look at it, we all have to complain about something. The bowl season, I hate the bowl season, everybody opting out and everything else. When you go from a vote everybody, you know, beauty contest, like they did previous to 1998, to then a BCS type format, to then a what they've done since what 2014, the college football final four. And now that you go to a 12, you know, when you make changes, it's going to affect things. And what's uh, what has been affected along with NIL that players are, you know, hitting the door. The, the bowl season is, you know, you might not like it as much. But look, I mean, like they used to jam out most of all the games anyways, and they're late and Sure, you might see a quarterback or two or a star or two, but I think it's all I think it's mostly all positive for what they have done. I'm looking forward to the 12 team playoff. Now, did I really need to see the the conference super conferences and all this? You know, but what, what are you gonna do about that? Remember, Michigan's mad at all the rest of the Big Ten. You know, Big Ten's gonna all those uh all those uh members in the conference that were all voting against him and Tony Batiti trying to wipe Michigan off and let's not let him play anymore. Are they going to be taking their checks? The, that the big 10 gets that Michigan gets by being in this national championship game. Are they going to thumb their nose? Let's give it back to Batini. We don't want this, this dirty money, dirty money. Give it all to Michigan. Woo! Here's uh, OT has watched the All-22. I haven't watched the replay of the game, but, you know, the All-22 is uh, sounds pretty good. Am I surprised by Tyler Morris's speed? Yeah, he looked great. Yeah, you know the one thing about the, uh, the boat, you get that month off and you say Michigan should do, you know, what they have done to got him there. Dance with the partner that you brought but they actually didn't do that they they threw the kitchen sink and everything that they had you could see that they'd worked on a bunch of stuff let's get Khalil Mullings down the field for a you know a 19 yard pass at a first down that's different let's have a double pass with Donovan Edwards and JJ McCarthy I didn't think they should have thrown that I think McCarthy was first he's you know I didn't say lucky uh, that looked like it was a recipe for disaster but they just were going, Tyler Morris, Tyler Morris, Khalil Mullings. I mean, how much more could they do when it came down to it? I was surprised also that Harbaugh put Samaj Morgan back there after he botched the first one. And then I was equally as surprised that for the last one, you got a freezing cold. I don't know. You have Jake Thaw. 
was just being asserted in the biggest moment of his life back there. Like, all right, Thaw, go ahead and catch this ball. In the biggest spot of your life. You know, I question that too, especially after he muffed it. But hey, great job by Harbaugh. That's why I just sit back in the TV and do not get paid the millions of dollars that Harbaugh and company get to go out and do it. And that you guys would probably get uh, by being in there as well. So count 22 wants to put Barry Sanders in the greatest five football players of all time. Much as I love Barry Sanders, uh, he does not make my top five. So that's it. Let's see. Do we have anybody that's jumping in here? Are we talking uh, peppers? Are we talking about Michigan players? I mean, you're talking peppers as an all time high school, college, or pro peppers? I don't think so. Although it, it was fun. He's got a fun name. He was exciting. Steve O in the D. He says he thought after watching Taft. How in the hell did this team beat Georgia? Michigan outplayed Bama by a lot. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't didn't get that one. I don't know if that was a typo or if it's somebody that I don't watch that everybody else does that I should know who they are. But Count 22 is talking about Rod Moore, the third-year player developed into five-star quality. Kenneth Grant, Mason Graham, second-year players. The list goes on. Rod Moore made some if memory serves me correct, he made a solo tackle on Milrow. That was a hell of a play. Rod Moore played a hell of a game. Rod Moore, we talked about him all off season, and then you know he can't, we kind of lost it because he didn't play in the non-conference, and then got uh, gave up that touchdown on the first play and for Rutgers and everything. Yeah, Rod Moore's a little rusty, but Rod Moore's a great football player. Played great against Alabama. Played great against Ohio State. How about that? Right now, the question is from Andres. And he's asking, who's got it better than us? It's a very good question, Andres, in one that I think that I am going to say nobody right now. Uh, how about it, Harbaugh? You know, his old, uh... yeah, we, we get a Husky coming in. Here's a, a Husky. Nobody cares about that narrative, Kenneth. I got I got news for you. I got news for you, Kenneth. Would you rather have Michigan, you know, paying off players, the clear violation like uh, almost every team has done uh, in the last 25 years and that your team probably does? Promising guys money? Would you rather have Michigan blatantly doing that like everybody else? Would you rather have Michigan looking into the work around some what everybody else does as well, like using the film that they used on them? Get out of here with that. Look, you know, everybody can have their opinion, and there's a lot of loud mouths. And, you know, if I was on the other side, I'd probably be mentioning it too. But if you really are going to be honest, Kenneth, one, you're going to lose the game. You guys had a nice season and everything. Two, is that it doesn't sound like a very good excuse until you really think through it. You got to use some critical thinking. The everybody else does it, and it's a cheating, lying, dirty game. If you want to win, you better be doing something. That's the story. And, Kenneth, I don't really think you're a Huskies fan. Because you know what? Every Washington fan that I've ever encountered, and it's really people from the the um, – from the great Northwest. Maybe you're like some transplant from down South or something. And so you're acting like an Ohio state fan in, in Husky clothes or something or a Bama fan that, you know, doesn't know what else to do except go to, you know, teams that are still alive and try to, you know, spoil the fun. I get news for you. There's no fun being spoiled here. The fun is going to be uh, continuous and right through the rest of our lives with a championship on Monday. So here you go, Kenneth. Happy New Year. Nobody's, nobody cares about any of that. I got news for you. Not, not one single person that is on this board that is watching this or listening to this 
cares about what you have to say, Kenneth. Not one single person. And we don't think you're a Husky fan, again, because we like Washington Husky fans. There was a time, I don't know how many years, five years ago now, that I told my wife that I wanted to save up a little extra money and I was going to take the week off and I was going to go to Washington, watch Michigan play Washington. She was like, all right. And it was set. It was going to happen. Then the, the freaking pandemic happened. And so that didn't happen for me. But, you know, it's all coming around now. Take a couple last ones here. Let's see. Here's somebody talking about uh, the Washington fans. Nobody, you know, that guy's not a Washington fan, so I don't think you're going to see that. And look, if you follow, I get it. Most of the other YouTube, if not all YouTube channels or people that are, that's kind of their game. Like F you and the thing you wrote in, and I'm going to, let's go to the, I don't play that game. I really never have, but look, I'm more Kenneth as what you would say, a professional. I'll leave the backbiting and the lowest common denominator stuff to others. We talk about ball here. People that know ball know that you're not a Husky fan. And know that we're that you want to find somebody that'll stoop down to your level, you'll find a bunch of them. It's not going to be on this channel. And then after Monday, I mean, even if we were going to stoop down there, we'll just go ahead and brush that into the dustbin and take it out to the trash because Michigan's going to be winning the game. That's what's happening. Mike loves talking Michigan football. You better believe it, Mike. Well, Josh, we will have a special scar show tomorrow. I should apologize if people were looking for that post game. You, we were on the post game, and then it was up there for about an hour. But you know, it was not very professional of me because I started playing replays for too long, and then they took it down. And I should have known that because it happened a year or two ago. I was all like, hey, look at this. And then they took it down. I'm like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Here I was replaying it again. But Scar will be with us tomorrow. D-Daddy is in. Loves the channel. He says, "Um, today is my wife (laughs) and her boyfriend's anniversary. Can I get a shout out? <laughs> hey, D Daddy, it takes all kinds. You have a, you know, you're you've got a, a an interesting uh situation there. But you know, look, it's it's 2024. What you do behind your closed doors and uh there's a lot of different situations and that. I mean, I, I'm about uh love. I love diversity too. So, you know, good luck to everyone there. There's your shout out. What can I say? Count 22s, Michigan's defense is the best and fastest in the country. They'll be ready. I agree with that. You know, at this point, you know, we say a lot of things. A lot of people say a lot of things. Like in the offseason, like Michigan's going to win the national championship. Michigan's got the greatest defense. You know, I was on here. You could have said I was blustering away when I said, I think J.J. McCarthy is the second best quarterback in the country. I said that last year. I had a few people want me to go on their shows and say, hey, you're a little bit of a Michigan homer. And I said, you know, I can see why you would say that, but I honestly believe it. But what I see with his skill set, you know, J.J. didn't even have the greatest of games overall on Monday until that last scoring drive where legends are made, where I have seen the shoe be on the other foot a thousand times with quarterbacks stat fillers, get down to the final drive, can't get it done. You got to get it done in the end, in the fourth quarter. That's what makes you a great player. And J.J. McCarthy has been a great player for Michigan, and he did it with all of everything on the line out there, the most intense pressure that you could ever have. What a setting, what a game. 
And it just keeps going now until Monday. And then it will live in your heart and your memory forever. So everybody have a great week. Be back with you tomorrow here at two o'clock. And we'll be back on Friday. You know, I might just keep, I might just sit here in the Peach Mountain studio until Monday and just, you know, keep doing podcasts. That's all for now. Uh, I invite everyone, you know, you're like, I love the Michigan coverage. You know, this is what uh, I live for. Oh, yeah. Well, what we would like to do is continue this with you over on the Maize and Blue Review on the Den. We are over there right now. Michigan fans waiting for your opinion, waiting to talk about how fast Michigan's defense is, what they're going to do against Washington. J.J. McCarthy, Jim Harbaugh, what's next? Recruiting, transfer portal. What's on the menu for Monday? Who's going to Houston? It's all there. We'd like to see you over there. Go to michigan.rivals.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll talk with you tomorrow. And the next day.